Good morning, good morning. How are y'all doing today? Man, eat too much turkey? I did. <laughs> um, I, just want, but I just want to start off by saying thank you. Um, here we are in this, this holiday season, just wrapping up turkey time, rolling on, rolling on into to Christmas time, and it makes you stop and reflect. And I just want to let you know how thankful I am for you. You are my church family. You are my brothers and sisters in Christ. I love you dearly, and it's just a blessing to be a part of a family. It's it's blessing to be a part of that. And I know that many of you have reflected these past um, few days on the blessings that you have and know that it is a blessing to be a part of this landmark family. I'm also very blessed. Uh, I love my job. I, I love um, being able to be a, a student minister along with Katie. Um, we have great we have great students, great families. Um, it, it's just a blessing to be a part of that. And I know that these these students are going to change the world. I know that they are they already are. And and I know that they're going to do big. God's going to do big things through them. This a couple of weeks ago, uh, Katie and I um, we planned this retreat. And one of the biggest events or one of the, the biggest hits of this retreat was this game called Manhunt. Um, it basically, it's hide-and-go-seek on steroids. Um, and we, we, we hide, and there's teams, and, and Katie and I drafted teams beforehand. And I, I hate to say this, it's, it, this is a confessional time, that um, my, my team lost. We're going to practice a little bit more um, in the off-season, but next year we're going to win Manhunt. But because of this loss, I have to buy Katie some sushi for um, dinner, and we had a little bet on it. Um, so, anyway, good times. We we loved we loved playing hide and seek. I don't know how many of you enjoyed that growing up, or even maybe you still do today. Playing hide and go seek. I always loved finding that that spot that you could hide. Uh, I did not like being the chaser. I did not like being it to go find people. I liked to hide, um, and it, it was a good times. We all enjoy um, that mystery or that searching out. Since the beginning of time, we have been playing hide-and-go-seek. In Genesis 3, Adam and Eve, they they take the fruit. They take take in um, the forbidden fruit. And what's the first thing that they do? They hide. They hide, and they're like, oh, we got to get some clothes on. We got to hide. And... The, probably one of the funniest jokes in the Bible is God coming out and saying, hey, where are you? I can't find you. Which is crazy because God knew exactly where they, where they were. Since the beginning of man, we have been playing hide and seek with God. We do something, and so we try to cover it up and hide it from God. Whereas all along, God knows. God's right there. You see... We try to do this in our own lives. We, we try to say, hey, I want to, to do these things and this is all about me and I'm going to hide from God with this and I'm going to try to keep it from him when all along, really, God knows. Now, um, I love um, getting along, uh, playing with babies and toddlers and, and, and being around kids and one of the most famous games to play with kids is the game of peekaboo, where you put your hand over your, your face and your peekaboo, and they surprise, and the, the giggle and the laugh come out. Do you know why that game is so popular with babies and toddlers? 
they actually think that if I put my hands over my face or my eyes, that they can't see me. Because I can't see you, they can't see me. And so whenever they open their, the, open their eyes or move their hands, then all of a sudden it's a reappearing, disappearing act, and it's hysterical. And that's why they're, that's why they're laughing. Yet, I think that many times as Christians, we do that exact same thing to God. We hide our stuff and we're like, ha God can't see this. No, oh, he can. Oh, I can't. We look just as silly as a toddler playing peekaboo when we try to get wrapped up in so many different things. You see, we're seeking after things. We try to get validation. We try to, we try to, to build up our reputation. We try to build up our image. We try to do all of these kind of things because it's about our name. It's about our image. It's about our identity. And so we do so many things. We stuff our schedules full. We do so many things at school or with family or with, with events. And we try to keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. Why? Because we want that validation. We want that sticker. We want that approval. We want to make sure that that void is filled. And so we go after these things so much. And we feel that if we can be validated by something or someone then it will hide our lack of trust in our God. You see, God tells us to give him everything. God tells us, hey, surrender your life to me, but yet we try to create our own life for ourselves. We try to create our own name, but yet it doesn't really work. Now, one of my favorite shows is this, this show called The Voice. I actually only like the beginning part. I don't really follow it to the end. And in The Voice... The premise of the show is a, is a contestant can sing, a c- contestant performs, and the four judges, they have their backs turned, and ever, whenever they like somebody, they press this button and their chair turns around, and it's a great celebration. The best part is when there's a four-chair turnaround. When there's a four-chair turnaround, there's confetti that comes from the sky, standing ovations, uh, people are crying backstage, everybody's going nuts, going nuts, it's great. But yet the awkward part is when they perform and there's no chairs that turn around and everybody's like, oh, sympathy clap, we love you, go away. And, and so, but the, the, the deal is, we do this same thing in our own life. We try to perform, we try to do all of these kind of things and we want that confetti to fall from the sky, but yet, whenever those chairs don't turn, whenever those things don't happen, it's just like, ah. Okay, what do I got to do next? What do I got to do next? Now, what this does is this creates a, a false sense of value. It creates a false sense of identity if I have to get my chair turned around in order to be important. And what happens is that it increases our, our anxiety, it increases our stress, it increases our worry, it, it increases all of these things because we're trying to do so much, but yet nothing's really filling that gap. These last couple of years, I've even noticed it bigger in our students where students are so stressed out and worrying so much and there's so much anxiety and they don't know how to fill that gap. There's so much worry, but I would dare to say it's not just with students, it's with all of us where we're trying to fill in this rat race 
and our worry, our attentions, everything starts going to a new level. In this, in this study that I read, Chronicle of Higher Learning, nearly two-thirds of all college students report overwhelming anxiety. In that same study, it talked about students being hospitalized. This study said that it's up 50% from five years ago. Why is that the case? Because we're trying to push so much. We're trying to pack so many different things into, into our life. Now, why does this happen? Because we have become obsessed with people-pleasing. We have been obsessed with how can I get that next thing? How can I get that, that job? How can I get that relationship? How can I get that trophy? How can I get that raise? We want to make sure that we're pushing, we're pushing, we're pushing. But yet, our stress keeps rising and rising and rising. Um, this morning, I want to I challenge us to take our attention off of ourself and have our life hidden in Christ. Look at these scriptures because these are so powerful. This, this passage out of Galatians is so, so poignant, especially to me. This is something that, that hit me between the eyes. Galatians 1.10. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. That's huge. If I'm trying to please people and if I'm trying to do all of these big things, am I a servant of Christ? Let's look over at 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And then Jesus says it best out of Matthew 11. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart, and, I, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God is begging us not to get wrapped up into our stuff. God is begging us, don't follow what culture is saying. Follow me. Cast all of your worries. Cast all of your anxiety. Quit trying to please people. Let's live for me. That's what God is saying to us. Now, a good friend of mine is uh, Michaela Johnston. And I'm going to invite her to the stage. And she's a, she's a college student here, um, here in Montgomery. She grew up, she grew up here at the Landmark Church. And um, I, I think that her heart and her, her, uh, her gentleness can speak to this, to, to this subject. And I, and I, I know that you're going to be blessed by, by hearing from her. So my first question to you is, from your experience as a student, do you agree that stress levels are on the rise for students? And how does identity play within that? For sure. I definitely think that um, in college, there's so much pressure to decide what your major is going to be and then decide what's your job going to be. Like, what are you going to do with that? And how are you going to pay for it? And there's all these, it's like social mold that it feels like you have to like fit yourself into in this four years of like, okay, well, I need to be thinking about like, I need to start a family after this. And like, there's so many things that it seems like you have to do in this certain time frame of four years. And it's so easy to find your identity and what your career is going to be and, and what brand are you making yourself. And 
um, and who are your friends, and it, it's so easy to become overwhelmed by that, overwhelmed by that, um, that pressure. Yeah, and then, so did you feel that, that building from like high school into, in, into college? Yeah, for sure. Um, my last like two years of high school, I definitely started developing more anxiety and um, just struggling with, with trying to, to please everybody in my life that and not necessarily following, you know, maybe what I wanted to do yeah. or what, um, what I felt like I needed to do. And so from that, um, how do you feel like we can lower our stress levels? How, how as Christians, can we help in easing that tension? Um, prayer has become one of the most important things in my life because um, it's a time where I get to humble myself before the Lord and say, okay, I know that I'm not powerful enough. I'm not big enough to handle this, to fix this, or I can't do anything about this situation. But it's a time where I get to come before him and say, okay, like I surrender this to you. And um, I'm very type A. And so I like checklists and to-do lists. And I used to think, I used to treat it like that. Like, okay, check. I like surrendered it to God. I'll never worry again. And that's just not, that's just not how it works. It's a daily surrender. And I think that um, when I realized that, it, it definitely helped me um, helped me lower that stress and anxiety. Yeah, and as as we as we try to tackle this anxiety and these stress levels, we have to realize that it's not just a push it to the side. I've I've taken care of that. It's a daily it's a daily fight. It's a daily struggle. Um, and I love one of the things that you were saying is that filling your life full of worship music and filling your life full of, uh, of, of prayer and that, whatever, whatever that might be for you, we've got to surround ourselves in being the presence of God on a, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And so how does all of this relate to the cross and his resurrection? We're fixing to go into a time of communion here mm-hmm. in a little bit. So how does that all, all tie in together? Um, the older that I've gotten, the more important communion has become to me because it's a time where, um, you know, after, um, a long week or even like, you know, sometimes Sunday mornings can be so stressful and then you get here and you're already stressed out and it's Sunday and, um, you're thinking about what you got to do after church. But for me, communion has just become so important because it's a time where I get to bow my head and say, Jesus, thank you for the cross. And um, I don't know what's more comforting. I haven't found anything more comforting than knowing that Jesus Christ gave his life for mine. And so um, just having that moment to, to remember, and I think we've been in a month of thankfulness recently and um, in a week of Thanksgiving. And I think that that's a way that we can bring it into our everyday lives. And, and yeah. every week is to to take moments to, to say thank you for the cross, Lord, because it's the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah, and that's what we've got right now. We're, we're fixing to go into this time of communion where we can say, God, we surrender everything to you. All of our, our stress, our anxiety, our schedules, our life is with you. And so I'm gonna lead us in a prayer and then there's tables all around the, the auditorium here and feel free to to partner with someone or, or go off and, and, and pray. But this is our time of communion. This is our time of, of remembering him. Let's go ahead and let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you so much for this time where we can remember you. Help us to always put you first. Help us to surrender our lives to you. Be with this time of communion. It's through your son's name that we pray. Amen. I am really thankful that I had um, 
this opportunity to, to speak to y'all this morning. Um, the reason is uh, because this is something that I really struggle with. And so this morning's lesson is really something that I need to take to heart probably more than you do. And so this has been a, a, a confessional time, a time where I can, I can share these things that I've been struggling with with you. And so, and if you can get something out of it, fantastic. But if, if not, I, I know that I need, to, I need to work on this myself. One of the things that has really helped me in, as I, I try to give more of my identity and all of my identity to Christ is Colossians chapter 3. And so if you have your Bible, um, open it up to Colossians chapter 3. If you've got your phone with the Bible app, open it up there because we're, we're going to spend some time in, in Colossians chapter 3 this morning that is really, really good. And so here Paul is talking to the, uh, the church at Colossae. And he's talking about, this is what your identity looks like. This is what you should look like to the world. First one, since then, you have been raised with Christ, which as a, as a disciple of Christ, as, as saying that we're a Christian, we're saying, all right, Christ, you are our life. Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So set your hearts. So the things that are inside of you, the things that motivate you, the things that you love, your heart, set your heart, the things that is driving you, set that on God where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So everything that is moving us, everything that is driving us, our fuel is, is seated with Christ. Now, verse 2, set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. And so our mindset, the things that we think about, should be on God. It shouldn't be stressing about all these other things that are, are trying to make us look better. Instead, our mindset should be focused on God. How can I, how can I please God today? How can I do his will today? That's our thought process. That's the things that we should be thinking about. Verse three, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Now, when he says we died, we, we, we said, I surrender my life to you and because I do that, I am now hidden in Christ. And so instead of seeing me, you should see Christ shining through me. Instead of seeing all the other things that we do, it's, it's God glorified. It's not ourselves. He goes on to say this, verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. And I love that phrase, who is your life? You see, the deal is, many of us, we have responsibilities. We have obligations that we have to do. We have, we have to have a job. We, we need to have a job to provide. We, we need to be, I need to be a, a good husband. I need to be a good father. I need to be a good minister. I need to do all of these things. These are my responsibilities. However, my life is Christ. My life is Christ. Who, what identifies me? Not my job, not my family, not my kids, not any of those things. I want to identify with Christ. And we should be working our, 
we should be working as hard as we can on our, our jobs and all of, our, all of those other things, but not for our glory, but for God's glory. You see, we have responsibilities. We have things that God has placed on us saying, you need to work, you need to do these things. However, where the stress comes in and where the anxiety and the worry comes in is when we cross over what our life is and what our responsibilities are. Y'all following me? Y'all tracking with me? When we say that our life is in Christ, we're saying that's what's motivating me. That's what's driving me, not these other things. Now, how do we make that switch? How How do we transfer from a life that is about me to a life that's about Christ? Paul even addresses this in Romans 12. Go ahead and flip over to Romans 12. Romans 12 um, he, he, he starts to lay it out. Look at what he says here. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Now, I love that phrase too. In view of God's mercy, we can see the peace that God's going to give us. We can see the mercy that's ahead of us. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So in order to truly worship, in order to truly to, to see that mercy, I need to offer my body. I need to say, I'm, I'm sacrificing everything. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So how do I know what I'm supposed to be doing? How do I know what, how to glorify God? Change your mindset. Change your attitude. Change the things that are driving you to be driven by God. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. You'll be able to see what God is wanting you to do. Now let's flip back to, to Colossians 3 again. When we change our mindset... It starts to, we're like, okay, now how do I fill this thing? How do I fill my life? How do, how do, how do I get that peace? How do I view, get that mercy that we're viewing, okay? He goes on to say that we put to death our earthly nature. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean, oh, I'm, I'm gonna put away this bad habit or I'm gonna put away this over here? No, it means I put it to death. I'm not hiding that. And he gives a list of things that we're supposed to put to death. We're, we, these different attitudes and these different things that we're supposed to have. And you can look at that list. And we put those things to death. And then, from there, look at verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. You see, when, when those other things are put to death, that peace and that love fills there. Since you are members of one body, you are called to peace and to be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, Whatever you do, everything about our life, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
giving thanks to God the Father through him. You see, when we start stressing about how our career is going or who, what friends like me or what relationships I have or what I'm going to do there and we start stressing about filling ourselves up, it starts to fill that anxiety level. But when we start stressing over the things that God is stressed over, when we start saying, God, you have my life, God, you have my concerns, you have all of that, the peace of Christ rules our hearts. And that is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Now, um, I have a friend of mine, um, Skidmore, who, who says, this is kind of like that. It's his way of, of explaining, here's a modern day parable. And, and I want to, and I, I apologize to our students, our students have seen this video before, but it's, it's a great illustration of what I'm trying to communicate here. You see, there's this guy named Ed Sheeran, um, and Ed Sheeran is famous singer, if you didn't already know that, number one singer on Spotify this past year, good musician, um, and he's in a mall shopping, and he hears one of his songs being sung by a teenage girl at a karaoke concert. And so he hears it, and I want y'all to see what happens next. So let's, let's watch this. What's happening, Ed? I'm just gonna go sing with someone. <laughs> Should I just roll up? Just roll up, roll up. illustration. I love that illustration because here's what happens. The author of the song, he hears his song being sung and by this teenage girl who's doing okay, but he goes, puts his arms around her and says, let's do this. Let's do this a little bit better. Let's, let, let's partner together on this song. And that's exactly what Christ wants to do with us. You see, we go out there and we're singing his song and we're trying to do our best and we fall on our face and we mess up. 
But what Christ does, because we're hidden in him, what Christ does is he comes and he puts his arm around us and says, let's sing this together. Let's do this together. May our lives be hidden in Christ. You see, when we do that, when we do that, that anxiety, that stress, that worry, all of those things that are, are clouding our mind and, and, and raising our temperature, it starts going down. Just like Jesus said, cast your burdens on me. I've, I've got this, I want to take your burden. My burden is easy, my yoke is light. So, this morning, I want to encourage us to start releasing some of that stress. I want to encourage us to start saying, I, I want to sacrifice this over to you, God. And so we're going we're gonna to do a response similar to how we do in our youth room. So everybody go ahead and stand up. And if you need to pray during this song with someone, then find that person to pray with. If you need to come down just like the, um, just like Paul was saying in Colossians, if you need the church to pour out praise on you, then come down front and fill out this response card and we'll, we'll pray. We are a praying church. We're an encouraging church and we'd love for you to be a part of that. But if you need to pray with someone else around, then do that. We're gonna be singing a song and it's gonna be great. And this is our time to say, God, we're hidden with you. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and sing.